Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support a ton, it really means a lot. We're up to about 127 subs on the Clips channel, everything's been doing better than I could imagine. Uh, and yeah, let's get right into the episode, we got a lot to talk about. We got NFL, we got season previews, and yeah, I think it's going to be a great episode. Let's get right into it. First, talking about Browns versus Titans, Baker Mayfield was absolutely excellent in this one. He just threw some straight-up dimes, some beautiful balls from him. Uh, and this is a frustrating thing about Baker Mayfield. Is he's very talented, and he has some just amazing passes that only him and a couple other QBs can make where he's throwing it in super tight windows, and he's just really impressive. And then he also misses throws that it's like a third-string QB wouldn't uh, miss it's just so weird with him and he's been so inconsistent this year he's had really good moments and the browns have been a good team this year they're nine and three now like they are very very good but i would just love to see baker mayfield be more consistent and be like he was in the uh his rookie season where he was consistently great and had one of the better rookie qb seasons we've seen in a long long time like i saw this meme posted on twitter and it's just so accurate the baker mayfield cycle you plays terrible gets criticized by media has the underdog mentality plays uh amazing for a game uh calls out doubters and then the whole circle just uh continues and it's really been like that for baker mayfield it's very unfortunate uh for browns fans but he was again excellent in this one the offense uh as a whole in the first half was just completely dominant put up 38 points it was it was crazy to watch. Nick Chubb was great in this one, and he's continuing to prove why he's one of the three to five best running backs in the league. He's just absolutely excellent. It's been a massive part of why this offense has been pretty good all year. Also got to give a ton of credit to the coaching. Uh, it really shows how uh, long uh, way good coaching can uh, bring you, and uh, Stefan uh, Fazanski definitely deserves to be firmly in uh, the race for the coach of the year uh, this year. He's been excellent. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big touchdown. Cool to see him get involved. Super athletic player, and if he can continue to round out his skill, he could definitely be a player that gets more involved for the Browns. He also should have had another if it wasn't for a drop, uh, but you just got to take the good with uh, our rookie player like him who was drafted uh, pretty late. Rashard Higgins, been solid all year, has about 400 yards so far, had a great game in this one, uh, getting about... Uh, getting uh, 95 yards and a touchdown on six receptions. He's just been uh, very, very solid and been a good receiving threat for them. Jarvis Landry was super involved, eight catches, 62 yards, and a TD. The defense forced multiple big turnovers, especially in that first half, forced some huge fumbles that put the offense in great position to score, and then the offense was very effective. Just picture-perfect stuff from them. Miles Garrett continues to be dominant. He had just a sack in this one, but he has so much gravity that he makes everything so much easier for his fellow uh, defensive linemen uh, because he has to be double-teamed, even triple-teamed sometimes to stop the beast that is Miles Garrett really having one of the best uh, seasons from an Ed Rush Ed Rusher we've seen in a long long time and you got to give a ton of credit to him he's been phenomenal this year and on the Titan side Derrick Henry was contained for the most part had 15 carries for 60 yards which isn't a bad game by any means but it's nothing special especially considering how good Derrick Henry is and how consistently great he's been all year this is one of his uh, just most average and worst game so far. Ryan Tannehill put up some big numbers, but most of those came when the game was already over. Like, if you look at the score, it's 41-35, to 35, but, like, at the end of the day, a lot of those points came when the game was already over, and it was at 
out of striking distance. Like Cleveland, uh, main goal in the second half was just to control the ball, not turn it over, uh, control the clock, and that's what they did. The Titans put up 28 points, but again, a lot of those came when the defense was eased up, and it just really didn't matter that much at that point. Uh, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown both had very good games. A.J. Brown did have two fumbles, losing one of them, which uh, definitely sucked, but he's been great all year. Corey Davis has shown some really nice moments. Uh, but the terrible defense of the Titans really got exposed. They couldn't get any pressure on Baker. And that's been a big pre- uh, issue with them all year is getting pressure on the quarterback. And, I mean, they have some talented players uh, on, that th- on that defense, but they just can't seem to put everything together. Like, I really like Harold Landry. I think he's really good. Desmond King is great at that slot corner position. Uh, but they just can't put everything together. They don't have enough talent on that side of the ball. And that's the thing that I've been worried about all year for them. Just all my worries about the Titans were put on in full display in this game. It's if they get down early, can Ryan Tannehill really slice a defense up and uh, make a big comeback? Because it, they play amazing when they're up. When they can run the ball, when they can use play action, they are almost unstoppable. When they're down... And Ryan Tannehill really has to make some big plays on big third downs. I just don't know if I can trust this team. And then, I mean, the defense has just been an issue all year. Like, there's no other way around it. The defense has been terrible this year. So, yeah, definitely a bad loss for the Titans. They looked really ugly in this one. And the Browns look great, 9-3. and three. Definitely going to be a playoff team. Uh, and this was a huge win for them. Definitely a big prove-it game. Hopefully, Baker Mayfield cannot go in that cycle and can actually uh, be consistently good uh, for... Uh, this last stretch of the year. Next, moving on to Rams versus Cardinals. Jared Goff was very, very good in this one. Put up uh, 37 for uh, 47 completed passes, 351 yards and a touchdown. He was uh, just simply great. I mean, he has his games where he's inconsistent, uh, and he has some games here and there where he's really, really bad. It feels like every like four or five games he just has an ugly one. But he also has games like these where he was just excellent. He was dotting up this defense. Uh, and made a lot of timely plays. He was great. The running back by committee thing they've been doing all year has been working so effectively, and them losing uh, Todd Gurley obviously hurt because he was a very talented player on that team, but he dealt with so many injuries, and he was such a big uh, player that uh, cost a lot for their cap. And now with the three running backs they've been using all year, uh, where all of them aren't paid too much, and they all uh, just... Uh, contribute evenly it's been working out great cam Akers didn't average many yards per carry but did still at the end they get 72 yards and a touchdown and daryl henderson only had three carries but he had 49 yards and a touchdown jared goff also had a touchdown on the ground like this rams team is really good and they're one of those teams that i could definitely be uh, see being a sleeper contender at this point they're the best team in their division there's really no argument for me they're definitely better uh, than the Cardinals. Cardinals just, I think, are a year too early at this point. Uh, I like Kyler Murray a ton. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I love so many players on this roster, but I don't think they're well-coached enough, and I just don't think they're poised enough yet. I still think they need development. I think they need Chandler Jones back. And then the Seahawks' defense is just so bad, and their offense hasn't really been clicking like it was early in the year. So this Rams team looks like the best team in the division because they're just so well-rounded. They have a very solid offense. They have a good enough quarterback, even though I've criticized Jared Goff a lot throughout his career so far, and I still think he's super overpaid. I don't think he's great, but he's good enough. Running game has been good for them all year. Uh, The Robert Woods and Cooper Cup uh, tandem at receiver continues to be amazing, as it has the entire year. They've been so, so good. 
and they have really good coaching as well, good defense. They just have everything that you'd want out of a uh, competitive team, and I really like this Rams team a lot. They play, they played some excellent football uh, to close the game. They scored 21 in the fourth quarter, had a pick six in there. They were just very, very good. The defense played great, forcing five punts and limiting Kyler Murray to only 173 yards, and a lot of those came off a big play where the defense uh, just – I don't even know what happened on that play, but it was – it was a bit of a mess, uh, but other than that, they played phenomenal on really limited Kyler Murray uh, to a pretty bad game, and I, I love Kyler Murray. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's super talented, uh, crazy arm, amazing speed, but he just has games like this, and he has these certain inconsistencies that come with a young player, obviously, but if he truly wants to be like a top five to ten quarterback in the league, he needs to uh, iron out these issues where he's just all right in this game he was just super all right and i just want some more from him at, at certain times but i still believe in kyler murray a ton uh, and think he just needs a little bit of patience uh kenny drake was very good in this one averaged uh five carries uh five yards per carry and got a touchdown darren arnold got two touchdowns including that big 59 yard play that i mentioned where the defense just i don't even know what happened it was completely blown coverage from them uh, they really didn't get much pressure on Goff, and that loss of Chandler Jones has been such a big issue for them uh, as they just don't have that true dominant edge rusher anymore. And Chandler Jones being there would also make everything so much easier for uh, the, their other edge rushers because you'd have to put so much focus on Chandler Jones, who uh, had an amazing season last year, had, was off to a good start, start this year, but got injured uh, pretty early. Also had a missed 48-yard field goal, which didn't help by any means. Uh, and yeah, this Rams team is very good, proven to be the best team in their division. I really hope the Cardinals can still make the playoffs because they're a super fun team to watch. But at 6-6 six and six in a tough division, uh, I really don't know if they're going to be able to anymore, which is definitely unfortunate. Uh, they still have a ton of potential. I think uh, next year is the year where the Cardinals truly become a contender. I just think this is a year too early. Uh, but I still really like uh, this team, and I, I'm a big fan of this Rams team and how they've been playing all year, 8-4 now, and looking like one of the better teams in the NFC. Next game I'm going to talk about is Giants versus Seahawks. The offense for uh, the Giants definitely struggled a lot in the first half, and reasonably so. They were missing Daniel Jones. Obviously, they're missing Saquon Barkley. Uh, they're missing a lot of talent at, as a whole and uh, didn't have much talent coming into the year anyway. Uh, they just couldn't move the ball effectively at all. They also got a safety. We're down uh, five to nothing at one point. Colt McCoy was not great by any means. And I mean, what do you expect? Colt McCoy's been in and out of the league and has been a backup quarterback for a long time now. But I mean, he was at least serviceable enough. Like, uh, as long as he didn't completely just sell the game for them, uh, they were going to be in position to compete at least. And he did what he needed to. Uh, did have an interception in there as well, but had a touchdown, had about uh, 105 yards, completed 13 of his 22 passes. He wasn't asked to do much, uh, and he was just solid enough. And then Wayne Gallman, oh my God, 135 yards on 16 carries. He just carried the offense in this one. Got That uh, Seattle defense got absolutely ran all over by him. The defense played some incredible football. Uh, even though the Giants definitely struggled to start the year, they are catching some momentum, and a big reason for that is because of the defense. I think they're pretty well coached on that side of the ball, and they have a lot of talent, too. Uh, they do have a lot of defensive linemen, and I feel like some of their picks they've made in the recent years uh, just haven't made much sense. But having such a good defensive lineman has uh, proven uh, to be very valuable as 
I think uh, there was some stat that I saw that it's like they're the best uh, team on the first three downs on defense or something uh, similar in that vein. And that's due to them uh, having such uh, such a good defensive line. I think it was actually first two downs. Cause, uh, yeah, first two downs. But yeah, uh, Leonard Williams had a hell of a game, got two and a half sacks, constant pressure on the QB, made so many big plays and was just... Uh, absolutely excellent for this Giants team. Uh, definitely was a great trade for them to get such a talented player in Leonard Williams. And the pressure on the QB as a whole was great. Uh, it continues to stand out like it has all year. Like I said, that uh, defensive line uh, being so good has definitely paid off a lot. And we've seen that in recent years. Uh, especially we saw that last year uh, with, the, with the 49ers. Drafting really good on the defensive line is so, so helpful. And if you can uh, continue to have good players always in rotation uh, you're going to be a solid enough team and the Giants are really really catching some momentum uh, they're now five and seven it looks like they're going to secure the pl- uh, the playoff spot in this terrible NFC East and they've honestly been playing some pretty impressive football uh, for the Seattle Seahawks offense was pretty rough in this one uh, constantly stalled we're, for- we're forced to punt uh, a good amount of times had a Michael Dixon punted five times in this one. Russell Wilson wasn't great. Completed 27, uh, 43 passes, 263 yards and a touchdown. Uh, when the game ma- uh, mattered the most, they uh, came up short, had a turnover on downs. And it's been pretty rough for uh, the Seattle Seahawks as of late. I just don't really believe in this team uh, anymore because the offense while still being good, it hasn't looked the same as it has before. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are still great. When Chris Carson is healthy, he's a great running back. Russell Wilson is excellent. Uh, but this offense truly needs to be phenomenal if they want to win any games. And they just haven't been that anymore. Uh, and the defense didn't look great even against a horrid Giants offense with injuries and just not much talent. Uh, Chris Carson was good, though. Racked up 110 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely worried about the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't really believe uh, in them to be a contending team at this point. Uh, where we are in the season and how they've uh, played over recent, uh, it's not looking good for them. They're going to need to make some moves in the offseason. They're going to need to have a really good draft if they want to truly be a contender because they're just simply not right now. And it's uh, sad to see as they're a team I love to watch, and they have a lot of my favorite players on that team, but it's got to be completely honest with them. Next and last game we're going to talk about is Patriots versus Chargers. My Patriots absolutely dominated in this one. Won 45 to nothing. And it was just a complete domination throughout the entire game. There was never a moment of worry for me. Cam Newton was very good. He wasn't asked to do much as far as passing. But when he did, he passed the ball effectively. Just threw a lot of short routes and then ran uh, effectively as well. Got a touchdown passing and two touchdowns on the ground. Had 48 uh, yards in a hole. Uh, Damian Harris continues to be a very uh, bright spot on this team, and I've been super impressed with how he's played this year. They ran the ball super effectively as a whole, controlled the clock very well. Jared Stidham even came in and threw a TD. They had a blocked field goal at the end of the half and returned it for a touchdown, which was pretty exciting. The defense played very, very well, uh, pressured the QB a lot, uh, consistently uh, caused the offense to stall, forced multiple punts, uh, and got two picks as well, uh, made... Uh, Justin Herbert looked much worse than he he has all year, and that was pretty impressive because this front seven doesn't have much talent on it and has been uh, struggling a lot this year, but they've uh, played much better. 
Uh, and it was just really impressive as a whole how the uh, defense played. Uh, the Patriots are really seeming to get some momentum. Uh, they've won uh, a good amount of games in their past uh, couple ones, and they are trying to make a playoff push. I'd love to see the Patriots make the playoffs, even though I don't think they would do much there. Uh, if they could make that wild card, that would definitely be exciting. And they look like they're on the road to do that. If they can continue to keep those momentum up, uh, and continue to play the defense that they have in these past couple games, they definitely could be a team that fights for a playoff spot. And I really like what I've seen from them these past couple weeks. Uh, Justin Herbert really, really struggled in this one. Had by far his worst game as a pro so far. Uh, and Anthony Lynn, for me, just needs to be gone. His coaching uh, this year has really held back this Chargers team. He's been a big reason why they've uh, blown so many leads. It was ridiculous that when they were down so much, he was keeping Justin Herbert in. Uh, I think that was just an absolutely terrible decision. I don't know why you're keeping in your young quarterback when you have zero chance of winning the game, and all you're going to do is give him more chances to get hurt. I think that was a terrible coaching decision, and that's just one of many terrible coaching decisions that Anthony Lynn made in this game and uh, in the year as a whole. The run game was effective for them, but they got... Uh, down so big early that it's not like you could run the ball really at all uh, even though it was working when you were doing it and I mean the missed block uh, the missed and blocked field goal definitely didn't help it seemed like everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Chargers in this game a really rough one for them 45 to nothing blowout to the New England Patriots Chargers officially limit eliminated from the playoffs uh, hopefully next year they can be a competitive team Justin Herbert's been phenomenal his rookie season. If they nail it in the draft uh, and then get a better coach, I definitely could see them making a playoff run. But this year wasn't the year at all. They've blown way too many leads on uh, just haven't been a good enough team. And, yeah, great win for the Patriots. Looking to make that playoff push. Now getting into some season previews for the 2021 NBA season. First, starting off with the Miami Heat. Uh, for my starting lineup, I have Kendrick Nunn at the point guard. Uh, definitely not the best point guard they have on their roster, but I think it makes sense for the, him to continue to start, especially in the regular season. I expect in the playoffs, Goran Dragic to become that full-time starter, but hopefully Kendrick Nunn could continue to improve continue to get more consistent because he was very inconsistent last year but at the end of the day is still a very good offensive player great score i uh, can shoot the three ball well can hit floaters can hit the mid-range too uh, can handle it work in the pick and roll can play make as well um, but definitely not the best point guard in the roster just hope he continues to improve i uh, got tyler hero at the two i expect him to take a big leap this year and uh, make himself a consistent starter on this roster i expect him to uh, continue to get more consistent after uh, playoffs where he had some excellent moments, had that 37-point uh, game against the Celtics and had some great moments in the finals as well, but as a whole was pretty inconsistent uh, and had some moments where he had some really ugly efficiencies. Uh, but I expect Tyler here to be very good next year. One of my favorite players in the league. I just love his confidence, love his ability to shoot the ball and uh, create his own child. Uh, that's the thing I'm looking forward to see how much he improves, how much he improves that handle and his ability uh, in the pick and roll as well. Because I think that could truly unlock his game. You got Jimmy Butler at the three coming off an excellent season. The best season of his career. Easily proved to be a top 10 to 12 guy in the league. He was just phenomenal uh, in their playoff run last year. And then was so great in the uh, finals as well. Had some of the greatest uh, finals games we've ever seen. Had some massive triple doubles. Carried uh, depleted Miami Heat team to a six game series against an amazing Los Angeles Lakers team. 
Uh, and I was really impressed with what I saw from Jimmy Butler last year. I got Duncan Robinson at the four. Uh, this is definitely a bit of a weird uh, place to put him. And the Miami Heat starting lineup was something I went back and forth on a ton, and I had no clue really what to do with it. And I expect them to switch it up a ton because they're a team that's so well coached. Uh, that Eric Spolstra is always going to change the lineup depending on the matchup. Like, this is a very offensive-oriented team, but if he needs some more defense, you could throw a guy like Avery Bradley, Andre Iguodala, Mo Harkless out there. If you want to go big, you can throw Myers Leonard out there. Uh, there's a lot of different things that they can do with this lineup, but I just have Duncan Robinson at the four for now. One of the best shooters in the league, easily phenomenal uh, off the catch, so great at running off screens, also helps his teammates a ton because you have to uh, stay glued on to Duncan Robinson at all times, which just opens up the game for other guys. Also a guy who's starting uh, to learn more and more every game how to get fouls off threes, uh, and he's just a great player. Hopefully can continue to improve on the defensive side of the ball because uh, that's something that definitely hurt them last year, especially uh, in the finals. He was getting targeted a lot by LeBron. They were doing a ton of pick and rolls to get Duncan switched onto him. Hopefully he could just continue to get stronger. Uh, and he works hard on that side of the ball. Sometimes he's just taken advantage of due to a lack of athleticism and a lack of size. And you got Bam at a bio at the five. Uh, came off an excellent playoff run, just like most of this team did. And is such a versatile player, one of the most versatile players in the entire league on both sides of the ball. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, he's a player who, at at the five, at about six nine, super strong, can still handle the ball uh, better than almost any center in the entire league. Can take it up court all by himself after a rebound. An excellent playmaker, averaged about five assists last year, and I uh, expect him to continue to be a main playmaker in this offense. Could score in the post. An amazing pick and roll player who sets great screens, rolls to the basket super well. Has uh, a great vertical lob threat. I expect him to continue uh, to improve that jump shot. It was something he showed off uh, a good bit in the series against my Boston Celtics, and it was something that they really struggled to guard. He would do like a little short roll off the pick and roll, get a mid-range jump shot, and that was killing them. I expect him to step out to the three at some point in his career. I don't know if this is the year, but whenever he does, that's going to be a dangerous sight because he's already such a good player. And if he can continue to expand his offensive game, he's going to truly become one of the best in the entire league. I love Bam Adebayo. And that's not even talking about him on the defensive side of the ball, where he's one of the five best defenders in the entire league. Uh, five to ten. I don't know exactly where I'd put him on my defensive uh, player rankings, but he's amazing on that side of the ball. Uh, he's a player who blocks shots at a great rate, but is still incredible on the perimeter there was a lot of times in the Celtics series where they tried to target him and it just didn't work because he's too versatile on that side of the ball he has great speed great lateral quickness moves his feet super well uh has a crazy long wingspan that helps him for sure uh, and is just a, a super high IQ guy on that side of the ball he has all the tools to be a great defender and he uses them very very well uh, I love Bam and Bio. For the bench, I got uh, Goran Dragic at that backup uh, point guard position. He's a player coming off a very good season. Uh, it was big that the Miami Heat re-signed him, and they did, while still able to keep uh, their cap flexibility for the 2021 season. Uh, that second season is a player op, uh, is a team option, I would say. And, yeah, Goran Dragic is just a really good offensive player, works excellent in the pick and roll, is super crafty around the basket, has a really nice Euro step, uh, uses a ton of fakes, has a super good floater, 
great mid-range shooter, great three-point shooter, really good facilitator as well. Expect him to be the starting uh, point guard when it comes to playoff times. And I just really like Goran Dragic. He was great for the Miami Heat last season, and though he is an older point guard, I can I expect him to continue to uh, do what he was doing last year. Got Avery Bradley at the backup too, which is, I think, one of the most underrated pickups of the entire offseason. Though he wasn't uh, playing in the bubble due to him uh, staying home, he was still a very big piece for the Lakers uh, last regular season when he was playing. Obviously, one of the best defensive guards in the entire league is one of those players who is willing to guard all the way up the court and really gives other guards hell on the other team. Uh, also, can shoot the three ball a little bit, is definitely very inconsistent. Uh, and sometimes he's going to have games where he's just not shooting it well at all. But when he is hitting his shots, he's dangerous out there because he can play make, play defense, handle the ball, and shoot. Uh, I really like that pickup. He fits so perfectly into the Miami Heat's culture. And again, I just think that was an excellent pickup for them. He's going to be really, really good next season. Uh, you got Andre Iguodala at the back of three, a player who definitely didn't have the greatest season last year by any means, but is a player that's always going to bring value to any team he's on due to his veteran leadership, due to his defensive presence, uh, and he's just overall a very solid high IQ player, really good playmaker, even if he doesn't average a ton of assists, he's just very smart at that. Good rebounder as well, shot is super inconsistent, and that's something that is going to hold him back from getting like big minutes in a big playoff series, uh, but he still brings value to uh, a team, and when he's hitting his three-point shot, he can definitely be very important. You got Mo Harkless at the backup four, which is another super underrated pickup. I feel like as a whole, the Miami he had a very underrated offseason because they didn't make a, a big splash move, but they just made a ton of really smart moves. And this is another one of them, a guy who's going to fit perfectly into their culture, just like Avery Bradley, super good 3 and D guy. Uh, Three-point shot is definitely something that comes and goes, but when he's hitting his shot, uh, he's a very valuable player, and he's going to get minutes just due to how good he is on the defense side of the ball. Is a great wing defender, good rebounder, good slasher. Uh, I just love that pickup a ton. I, I think he's going to be really nice for them next season. Uh, you got Kelly Olynyk at the backup four and five. A great shooter. Doesn't really bring much else to the game at all. Uh, not a defender. Not much of a rebounder. Not like a playmaker. But he's uh, just valuable due to his shooting and his shooting alone. Uh, he can't really play big minutes in a playoff series because he's going to get exposed on the defensive side of the ball. But in the regular season, he'll play some valuable minutes uh, and shoot the ball very, very well for the Heat. He also got Myers Leonard, another stretch big, who uh, did start last season, but I just don't expect him to start this season. Uh, he may start in some games where they want to run a big lineup uh, against maybe a team like uh, the Lakers in the regular season. You run Myers Leonard out there, so you just have some more size against such a big team like that. Uh, but yeah, Myers Leonard, uh, just a solid player to have off the bench. I think he's super good as a, a locker room guy. He's, he seems like someone that he really like, uh, and he got a pretty big contract in the offseason, did have a second year uh, team option. Obviously, they're going to decline that because they want cap space in the 2021 offseason, but I do like them just uh, retaining him for what he brings to that locker room. Uh, and then KZ Okpala may get some minutes this year. Uh, was a second-round rookie that a ton of Heat fans like a lot, and I I like him too. He's a pretty intriguing prospect. Uh, has some uh, nice raw athleticism and size at the wing position. Uh, as long as they can develop him on 
Uh, the offense side of the ball, as a shooter, he can just come in and play some valuable minutes as a 3 and D wing. Uh, and I definitely could see him getting some minutes this year, but I'm not 100% sure. And they got uh, rookies in Precious Achua and Paul uh, Yubo. Paul Yubo is one of my f- uh, favorite guys to get in undrafted free agency just due to his potential. He is a pretty raw guy uh, with him uh, just not having much of a polished game at all, but he has all the skill sets as far as physicality to be a pretty solid role player in the league at some point. He's super athletic. Uh, he's really strong too. Is like six eight, like two twenty five. He has an excellent frame and has some intriguing skills as well. Can run the floor super well. Uh, finishes well. Just needs to develop as a shooter for sure. That's by far his biggest weakness. And in such a good culture like the Miami Heat, where they've developed so many players, I'm so confident that Paul Uboa is gonna be. Uh, rotation player for the Miami Heat at some point. There's not a more perfect fit for him to go than Miami. So I'm really happy to see him go there. And then Precious Achua is another amazing fit in Miami. He's someone who I wasn't a big fan of going into the draft, but I'm more of a big fan of him now just considering where he's going. Like, this is a perfect fit for him. He's a super high-energy guy. He's a great rebounder, good finisher, needs to improve as a shooter. Uh, But I think as a backup five, uh, especially in a small ball lineup. He can also play some four as well, uh, but he's going to be a really good defender for them. He's going to bring a lot of nice energy. Uh, he's going to finish at the basket well, and he's just going to be a hard worker for them. So I really like that. I think he just slides into this culture perfectly, uh, and it's going to be an impactful player for them at some point. Don't know how many minutes he's going to get in his rookie season, but I do like that pick a ton. My team MVP for them is Jimmy Butler. I expect another great season for him. He's going to have a lot uh, to prove. He's going to need to prove that last season wasn't a fluke. Uh, And he's one of those guys that I'm just super confident in going into next season. I think he's going to have yet another great season. My team defensive player of the year for them is Bam Adebayo. I think he's going to be a top three to five candidate uh, for the real award for defensive player of the year. He's just one of the best defenders in the entire league with how versatile he is on that side of the ball. Uh, And I just love what he brings to this team. As far as a defender, he's excellent on that side of the ball. My team most approved player for them is Tyler Hero. I expect him to have a pretty good season. expect him to maybe average around like 16 points per game, especially because this is a shortened uh, offseason. I expect guys like Jimmy Butler to maybe take it easier at the beginning of the season, especially with how much pressure his body was put on under in that uh, Los Angeles Lakers series. So I think uh, Tyler Hero is going to have to step up and play some good basketball, and I completely expect it out of him. I, I just love his attitude he brings to the game. I love his confidence, and I expect him to have a really nice season next year for the Miami Heat. My biggest storylines around uh, the season is, was last season a fluke? Now, I completely do not believe that was a fluke. I still believe they can be a team that could make the finals next year. But I can also understand the rationale of people who said it's a fluke. They had some crazy performances from some guys that were completely unexpected to play uh, the way they did. The bubble situation was weird for everyone. It definitely hurt some teams and helped some others. And I think one of the teams that helped the most was the Miami Heat because they were just uh, had such good camaraderie around their team. And they are, have always been expected to be in such good shape that they were able to play in the condensed style of basketball where they're playing a ton of games. And it wasn't like the Clippers where the chemistry was just completely off the, uh, with them and the, and then everything just seemed to fall apart. So I didn't think it definitely helped them, but I still think they're a great team. And I don't think last season was a fluke, but again, can understand the rationale of people who do think it's a fluke. And then is Jimmy Butler really a super, superstar, which kind of fits into the last season being 
uh, a fluke for them. Is Jimmy Butler really a number one guy on a championship team consistently, or is he going to fall back to the guy we saw more in the regular season where he's a great player, a top 15 player in the league, uh, but is he just like a 22-point-per-game scorer to 20, uh, even 4-5 to five in the playoffs, or he's is he going to continue to be that guy he was in the finals where he was just ridiculous and looked like a top uh, 10 player in the entire league. That'll definitely be interesting to see. And how much better will the young guys get? Will Kendrick Nunn be uh, much more consistent and show what we saw at the beginning of the regular season where he was the leader for Rookie of the Year? People forget about that. He was crazy at the beginning of the season. Is Tyler Hero ready to step up and be like a 16 to 18 point per game scorer for them? Or is he going to just be around like the 14 range on pretty good efficiency? Is uh, Duncan Robinson going to continue to be one of the best shooters in the league and maybe improve on the defense side of the ball to be truly an elite uh, wing in this league. Is Bam Adebayo ready to uh, take a bigger step on the offensive side of the ball, be a guy who shoots it and then still does all the versatile things he does as a playmaker in the post and in the pick and roll? Definitely am excited to see how much better uh, this young core gets for sure. My expectations for them is to be a top three seed in the East. And honestly, anywhere from a second round to a finals exit, like if they matched up in the second round against the Celtics, I could see them uh, losing that series, but I could also see them winning. And then I could see them beating the Bucks in the conference finals and making the finals. Uh, it's really interesting to see where they'll be in an Eastern conference where I feel like there's a lot of people on a pretty even playing field. I could see them being anywhere from a second round to a finals exit. Super excited to see how the Miami heat play next season. My next season preview is for the Orlando Magic. My projected starting lineup for them is Markel Folks, who is a player I am a big, big fan of. Though I don't think he'll ever live up to the expectations of being a number one pick. At this point, we have to just not expect him to be that anymore uh, in his career. But I think he could still be a player who is a fringe all-star at some point in his career. I just like him a ton. I love his ability to slash to the basket. I I really like his handle. He's got a super nice handle. He's a great playmaker as well. Very solid on the defense side of the ball. Shot is still an issue, but he's getting more and more confident and shooting it more. And I think he's in for a great season next year. I think he's going to be one of the most improved players in the league. I expect him to be like a 16-7 and seven guy on good efficiency. Uh, average maybe like five rebounds too. Be a good defender. I'm a big fan of Markel Fultz and I'm super super high on him going into this next season uh, at the two we got Evan Fournier a player who is just very very solid he's consistently been like a 16 to 18 point per game score for them in these past couple of years really good three-point shooter can create his own shot just a little bit and I just like Evan Fournier a ton love what he brings to this team think he's a super solid player at a three, you got Terrence Ross, a player who is a pretty streaky guy, pretty inconsistent, uh, but at the end of the day is someone who's super athletic, great at slashing to the basket, and a very solid three-point shooter, even if that three-point shot is inconsistent. Good wing defender as well, just a guy that uh, basically every team would want. I like Terrence Ross uh, quite a lot. Then you got Aaron Gordon at the four, who's one of the most interesting and confusing players in the entire league for me. He's someone who I'd love to see in a uh, change of scenery and 
on a different team because i think he has a lot of talent that just hasn't been unlocked because there's always been a weird fit in orlando he's always been playing out of position like at the three because of jonathan isaac but with with his injury i think he's gonna uh, have some more opportunity and i think he's gonna show uh, some really nice things he's someone who every year i feel like he's gonna have that breakout year and he just never does uh, but I really like some of the skills that he does bring to the game. He's a four who can also play some small ball five, which I think is something that it's pretty uh, it's pretty bad that the Orlando Magic haven't tried that out really at all because I think that could really unlock him at the small ball five. But he's super athletic. As we all know, those dunk contests are just uh, – just a show off of his crazy athleticism great finisher at the basket definitely needs to improve as a three-point shooter and i think that's the been the biggest thing holding his game back so far but he's also a great defender uh which is something that's pretty underrated this orlando orlando magic team has been very good on the defense side of the ball for many years now and uh aaron gordon's definitely a big reason because of that i would love to see him traded to a team like the boston celtics who could use some defense uh and some more rebounding as well i think a team like that could really unlock them uh before like all the uh, moves that the houston rockets made i thought that was a team that could have been perfect for him playing the small ball five but yeah i really like aaron gordon and hope he's in for a good season at the five they got nikola vucevic who for the past two seasons has been very good didn't have the same all-star season that he had in the previous year but was still very good uh, and without him their offense would just be atrocious he's a very good player on the offense side of the ball has kind of got exposed in uh, the playoffs every year, but at least in the regular season, he's a very good player. Uh, uh, can shoot the three ball at the center position. Excellent post player. One of the better post players in the league. Good rebounder as well. Isn't great on the defense side of the ball, but they've always had uh, such a, a good uh, defensive team around him and then really good defensive coaching in Steve Clifford that it hasn't really mattered for these past couple of years. On the bench, you got Cole Anthony at the backup point guard position, which I think this was a great fit uh, for him to be drafted. I definitely expect him uh, when Evan Fournier is off this team to be in that backcourt alongside Markel Fultz. I think that could be a super dynamic backcourt. And Cole Anthony is a player who I have pretty mixed feelings on. But at the end of the day, he does have a ton of potential. Uh, we can't forget that he was the number two rated player in his high school class. Everybody thought he was going to be a top five pick. But after a super weird season at uh, North Carolina, North Carolina, which you could definitely blame some of the stuff on him, but some of the stuff was also out of con his control. There was terrible spacing, uh, and they were just overall a really disappointing team. He dealt with some injuries as well, but he is a player who can handle the ball, really athletic, can hit difficult shots, even though he does rely on them a little bit too much, can hit the mid-range, can hit the three, just has a lot of potential, and I think uh, in a role where he's going to be asked to do a lot on the offense side of the ball with a team that's desperate for shot creation i think he can be very good for this team and then you got michael carter williams a player who's actually carved himself out a pretty good role for the orlando magic it seemed like he was going to be out of the league but he's uh, found a role in orlando and has been very solid for them these past couple of years still cannot shoot the ball really at all uh he shot like 25 percent last year from uh three but is good at getting to the basket, good finisher at the basket, really good playmaker, good rebounder, uh, and a good defender as well with really solid size and length, can play both uh, guard positions. And though, again, he isn't a good shooter by any means, uh, and that definitely hurts this team, uh, I still like what he brings to them, and I still think he's a solid piece off the bench. Then they got James Ennis out of the backup three, uh, just the prototypical 3 and D guy that you want in the league. He isn't a great player by any means, and is a bit inconsistent as a three-point shooter, but it's still solid. 
uh, as a shooter and good as a defender as well. Just a player that any team could use. You got uh, Alfred Gaminu, which is definitely a pickup that confused me a ton. They paid him a lot of money, and he has not been good for them uh, so far in his uh, Magic career. But you also got to consider it's been a very short Magic career so far for him. He only played 18 games and then uh, was injured, or was even lower than that. It was a very small amount of games. He was atrocious in those games, though. Uh, he shot the ball terribly, but is a really good defender, super inconsistent as a shooter. But when a shot is on, he can be a great 3 and D wing. Uh, and I think another team could see the value in him if he's uh, off to a good start in his season. So definitely am interested to see how he plays this year. Uh, Ken Birch, who is just uh, an athletic uh, and energy big off the bench, who uh, doesn't really bring that much to the game. But due to his energy, he's just a very solid player to have off the bench. He rebounds the ball well, uh, r runs the floor, works well in the pick and roll, just does a lot of the traditional big men stuff that you'd like you got mo bamba who's a player that is one of those young players that i just can't give up on and i think on another team where he was able to get a lot more minutes than he does i think he could be really really good he reminds me of like rudy gobert but with a three-point shot like i think in a team where that is their main focus is to develop Mobamba. I think he could be really, really special, man. I think if he was traded to like a San Antonio Spurs where they don't have that much at the five, I mean, they have Iacopoldo who they resigned, but he's more of a backup at the end of the day. If the, if he was on a team like that, I think he could be really, really good. I love Mo Bamba, uh, and I just like a lot of things that he brings to the game. He has a crazy size, crazy wingspan, uh, can shoot the ball as well, needs to improve as a rebounder, needs to continue to put on size, but like his potential a lot, and I just think this is not the fit for him. And then you got Chumo Kiki, who was the rookie they drafted last year. Definitely a weird pick from them, as he uh, was expected to miss the season. He tore his ACL late in the college season. But he's a player who I think has uh, some pretty good potential at the wing position. I think he could be solid for the Magic. Uh, they need some more shooting. They need some more uh, guys who can just come in and score a little bit. So I think he could be a solid player for the Magic on play some impactful rotation minutes. They also had an undrafted rookie in Karen Main. Definitely don't expect him to get any minutes, but on a two-way contract playing for the uh, Magic G League, I think he can be a solid player for them at some point. Pretty athletic. Uh, reminds me a little bit of like a Chris Dunn type of player. Really good defender at the guard position. Uh, he can play make a little bit as well, and I like uh, him getting uh, there in undrafted free agency. My team MVP for them is Nikola Vucevic. He's just the best player on this team. He's carried this offense to at least be somewhat average in these past couple of years, and I think he's going to continue to do that this year. Don't really expect any regression from him. Probably will average like 18 and 10 yet, yet again. My team defensive player of the year for them is Aaron Gordon. Without uh, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon's just easily the best defensive player on this team. Uh, it sucks that Jonathan Isaac is out as he's one of the best defenders in the entire league. But now Aaron Gordon's going to have to step up at the four position, uh, play a lot of minutes there, and I think he's going to play some very good defense for this team. Uh, someone who can uh, guard a bit of everyone, can uh, guard at the basket, but can also uh, defend out on the perimeter really strong, really good uh, lateral quickness for a size. And I like what he brings a lot on the defense side of the ball. And my team most improved player for them is Markel Fultz. I already said I'm super high on Markel Fultz. I think he could be a very, very good player for the Orlando Magic at some point. And I think that some point is now. He had a solid first season, and I think it's nowhere but up from here uh, for Markel Fultz. 
my biggest storylines around the season is it finally chimed to trade Aaron Gordon uh, like I said multiple times he has a really weird fit on this team uh, and these past couple of years I just always think he can break out and he just never does so I think a team that could use uh, some defense could use some athleticism could definitely use an Aaron Gordon type of player uh, I could see the Spurs trying to trade for him uh, I before they traded for Robert Covington, I was big on the Portland Trailblazers trying to make a move for him. Uh, there's just a lot of teams that I would like to see Aaron Gordon on, uh, and I would just like to see a, a change of scenery for him. And I think he could break out with that change of scenery. Uh, and my other biggest storyline is can they uh, make the playoffs still in an improved Eastern Conference with teams like the Washington Wizards getting much better, with teams like the Atlanta Hawks getting much better. Uh, can they still make the playoffs? Can they still hold on to that eighth seed? I don't expect them to. I expect them to make the play-in tournament, but I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Uh, but that's definitely a big storyline around the season. And then will Markel Fultz slash Mo Bamba break out? Two players I'm super high on, and I think uh, that Markel Fultz with this team can break out, and I think Mo Bamba on another team could break out. Uh, but will one of them uh, finally have that big breakout season this season? My expectations for them is to be a... a Eight, uh, eight to ten seed in the Eastern Conference and make the play-in tournament, and then probably get bounced out by a better team. They're a team that's just kind of been stuck in the middle for these past couple seasons, and I expect them to be in that same spot that they've been, where they're just an all-right team that uh, isn't anything special. They're not bad by any means, but they're nothing spectacular, and they're just uh, uh, solid enough to make a play-in tournament, but nothing more. They're not going to get a great pick, uh, but they're also not really going to be pushing uh, towards anything at all. My next season preview is for the Charlotte Hornets. My starting lineup for them is LaMelo Ball, who's a player that I like a ton. He was my number one prospect in the 2020 NBA draft. I can understand people's worries about him, and I have uh, very similar worries. I'm terrified about him on the defense side of the ball. His lack of effort and IQ is really concerning there uh, at certain times. His shot concerns me a ton as well. Uh, the way his elbows flare out is just so mechanically poor, uh, and he was a really inconsistent shooter in the NBL, uh, but his he is a true wizard with the ball. His ability to handle and uh, playmake is something that's really, really special. I think he's an even better playmaker than Lonzo Ball with being a much better uh, ball handler as well. His ball handling is so, so nice. He has so many impressive moves that just have uh, my jaw dropped. Uh, he also has a great floater game that he uses frequently. I absolutely uh, love the way he uses his floater, and it's really effective. Uh, I'm a big fan of LaMelo. I think he's in for a great rookie season. I think he's going to be the rookie of the year uh, just because I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity, and I think he's going to take advantage of that. I'm super excited to see him play. He's a player I'd love to see in real life. I'd love to get a jersey of. I'm just a big fan of LaMelo and think he's in for a really solid rookie season. At uh, the two, I have them start Devontae Graham. It's definitely going to be a little bit weird uh, with a backcourt of LaMelo Ball and Devontae Graham as they're two guys who like the ball in their hands, and they're both really good playmakers. On uh, Both work great in the pick and roll. Uh, but Devontae Graham had an amazing season uh, last year for the Charlotte Hornets. Absolutely came out of nowhere and was one of the most improved players in the entire league. Shot the three ball great. Shot a crazy volume while still shooting a good percentage. Needs to improve his efficiency at basically every uh, other part of the game. He's uh, not a good mid-range shooter. Terrible finisher. Uh, and that's someone that's definitely hurt 
that's something that definitely hurt his game and held uh, him back a lot last year was his uh, really poor ability to finish. So if he can improve on that, I think he can be a really good player. I think he may be an odd man out just due to uh, how good LaMelo Ball could be, but he is going to have some value for another team if he is that, and he's going to be really good for the team this year. And three, I'm running Gordon Hayward. Big uh, signing for them, signed to a huge four-year, $120 million contract. And obviously, that is a massive massive overpay do not get me wrong by any means uh, but I do like what Gordon Hayward is going to bring to this team he's going to bring more playmaking as that's something they have uh, very well they have a ton of great playmaking on this roster he's going to bring uh, some pretty good scoring as well I expect him to average like 18 5 and 5 for this team he's going to be a good defender good shooter he's just a super well-rounded guy who isn't uh, like an, a great all-star player by any means but is always going to be someone who's like around a fringe-ish all-star and is just super solid he's a very valuable player I think he's going to bring some good veteran leadership especially on a super young team like this I think it's valuable to have a guy like Gordon Hayward and at the end of the day, they're the Charlotte Hornets. Like, who else were they uh, going to get with uh, that money? So I think it makes sense to take advantage of getting a really good basketball player in Gordon Hayward. Uh, and it's going to help them be a very solid team. At the four of them running P.J. Washington, who is one of my favorite young players in the entire league. Uh, I loved what I saw from him uh, last season for the Charlotte Hornets. He was really just consistently very good. He's an excellent three-point shooter at the four. I think he's going to be one of the best stretch fours in the entire league. A really good defender as well. Uh, can rebound too. Doesn't really bring much else other than that. Like he's not like a post scorer. He doesn't really handle the ball. He's not a playmaker. But just his ability as a defender and to be one of the best uh, best stretch fours in the league. He's going to have a role in the NBA for a long, long time. And he's going to be a really nice player for the Charlotte Hornets. I think that was a super good pick. Uh, and definitely something that went under the radar. He's a pretty low-key guy, so he uh, goes under the radar as a whole. But I really like P.J. Washington. I think he's in for a great season next year. Uh, all the playmaking they have on this roster with the two guards, with Gordon Hayward, I think they're going to hit him on a ton of pick and pops. Uh, when he's in the corner, he's going to be on the wing, and he's going to be a super reliable shooter from out there. And I think he's going to thrive off those guys. Then you got Cody Zeller at the five. The five is definitely something uh, they absolutely need to improve. Uh, Cody Zeller's a solid player, but he's way overpaid on this roster. On uh, He's more of a guy you'd like as a backup five, not a starting five. Uh, good pick and roll player, uh, good rebounder. Does a lot of just the traditional uh, big men things that you like, uh, but definitely way overpaid and not a starting center in this league. For the bench, you got uh, Terry Rozier at the backup point guard position, a player who I don't like a lot. Uh, much at all just due to uh, what he was like on the Boston Celtics and as a Celtics fan I hated watching uh, Terry Rozier in the 2019 season and I feel like him and Marcus Morris don't get nearly enough blame for the mess that was the 2019 Celtics I mean Kyrie Irving deserves blame Brad Stevens deserves blame like everybody deserves blame for that but I feel like those two guys don't get nearly enough blame but he did have a really good season for the Charlotte Hornets last season I just think he uh, him, just like Devontae Graham, due to how good I think LaMelo Ball may be, I think 
out. Either one of them could be an odd man out on this roster. He is on a pretty big contract, but I could see a team that needs more shot creation, needs some more scoring, and I could just see like a bottom feeder team. And you know what? Let's take a swing on Terry Rozier. He was solid for the Hornets last season. He averaged like around like 18 points on pretty good efficiency on solid defender as well, but I'm just not a big fan of his game, and I think he's a pretty inefficient guy most times at least. Uh, is some is just not really uh productive to winning that much uh at the backup two they got malik monk who is one of those players who i've just basically given up on i just don't think his mold uh, of a player really fits in the nba anymore he's a really inconsistent player uh, on the offense side of the ball but all he can do is score like he's not a playmaker not a defender not a rebounder he doesn't do anything outside of scoring and he's an inefficient inconsistent scorer he is like a terrible version of lou williams he's lou williams without the skill and then he had that really weird thing where he was sus- uh, suspended indefinitely last year don't know what's happening with that uh, but I just don't really like his uh, mold of player at all. He reminds me of like uh, Jamal Crawford, who I think is one of the most overrated players in NBA history. And he's not nearly as talented as, as Jamal Crawford. Uh, he is terrible on the defense side of the ball, inconsistent three-point shooter, and then is like 6-1. So he's just he, – I just don't think he's a good basketball player simply enough. Uh, I think maybe in the 2000s, his mold of player, uh, he could have been an impactful player in the league. But in a league now that's all about size, versatility, uh, he just doesn't fit that at all anymore. Being a 6-1 shooting guard who is inconsistent as a scorer. Then you got the Martin Twins as well. Uh, two guys who I think are pretty solid. They can both shoot the three. Uh, and they won't either uh, play like huge minutes on this roster. But they'll both play solid enough minutes. It's cool that they have both the Martin Twins on their roster, and I just think they're both decent players. Uh, you got Miles Bridges at that backup three uh, slash four, super athletic guy. He's been a little bit disappointing so far in his career, uh, and now it's seeming to get shoved to the side a little bit with Gordon Hayward uh, being signed and P.J. Washington being drafted last year. But I, he's still a super athletic guy who can slash to the basket well, who is a a good defender and could shoot the three ball a little bit would like to see him become more consistent as a three-point shooter and i think he definitely has some potential i think like a small ball lineup where you're running Lamelo, Devonte, hayward uh bridges and pj washington at the five could bring some really exciting basketball i like miles bridges quite a lot just want to see him get some more opportunity and be more consistent then you got bismack biombo at the back of five another guy kind of like cody zeller just has a lot of the traditional things you'd want uh out of a center uh but was definitely overpaid for some years uh is off that contract now and they resigned him for a pretty small contract uh, and he'll just be solid as a backup five for them they have some second round rookies who uh i'm pretty interested in grant riller is a player who i'm surprised got drafted as low as he did uh did go to a smaller college and uh, you could definitely question uh, his production there. And he is a four-year player, but he's a super good scorer. Is just a natural bucket, uh, really good uh, off the dribble, uh, off the catch as a shooter, one of the better shooters in the draft. Uh, solid enough playmaker as well, even though he can uh, have some tunnel vision at times and miss open players. They had Vernon Carey on the second round as well, who I'm not a big fan of by any means. I've been pretty negative about Vernon Carey, uh, but he is super talented on the offense side of the ball. I'm just terrified about his defense. He reminds me a ton of like an Ez Cantor where even if he's really good on the offensive side of the ball, which I project him to be, his defense is so bad that I just don't think he can ever be uh, 
a big minute player on like a playoff team, uh, but he can uh, play some valuable minutes. A player who can shoot the ball a little bit as well, uh, can finish at the basket, can work in the pick and roll, uh, and can post up. He's pretty talented on the offensive side of the ball, just terrified. But his pick and roll defense, especially, he has uh, he has some bent feet, doesn't move well laterally. On uh, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of his uh, mold of player really at all. And then they also uh, drafted Nick Richards, another five. They, they're definitely aware of their issue at the five position. He's a player who reminds me of, like, JaVale McGee, just super athletic and raw center who doesn't have much skill to his game but is going to be valuable in the league as a backup uh, five for many years just because of how athletic he is, great shot blocker, uh, great at rolling to the basket, was one of the best lob targets in all of college basketball, and I did like that pick for them. My team MVP for them is Gordon Hayward. Uh, I just think he's the best player on this roster, simply enough. I think he's just uh, going to have a very solid season for them next year. He's got to put up like 18-5-5. Five five. Just do classic Gordon Hayward stuff on good efficiency, like 48% of the field, 38% from three, and like 85% of the line. Probably do around the same stuff he did with the Boston Celtics. My team defensive player of the year for them is P.J. Washington. They really don't have much defense at all on this roster. The defense is definitely something that scares me. I think that's going to be really bad. Uh, but he's probably the best defensive player on this roster, and he's pretty solid on that side of the ball. And my team most improved player for them is also P.J. Washington. Spoke very highly of him uh, this entire uh, segment about the Hornets season preview. I just love P.J. Washington. I think he's going to be a really good player for this team. Uh, I'm super high on him. My biggest storylines around the season is how good is LaMelo Ball? Uh, how good is he going to come in as a rookie? Is he going to be a bust? Uh, he's a, one of those players in the draft. He uh, was one of the biggest boomer bust prospects where I could definitely see him being one of uh, the best players in this draft. Uh, I have him being the best player in this draft. Or I could also see him being an absolute massive disappointment and being like a worse version of Ricky Rubio. But I could also see him being like... Uh, like a Jason Williams type of player. Uh, I really like LaMelo Ball, and I hope nothing but the best for him. And then my next one is, will a young player break out? Will a player like Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, will one of the second-round rookies uh, have a really good rookie season? That'll be interesting to see. And my expectations for them is to be a top 10 to 12 seed in the East and then fight for a play-in spot. Uh, in the play-in tournament, now you have a lot more opportunity to uh, try and make a playoff push, and I expect them to do that. They're really well coached. Uh, James Rago coached a very poor roster last year to being a solid enough team. Most people expect them to be the wor worst team in the league, and they weren't that far away from being in, uh, invited to the bubble. So I expect them to be well coached and be pretty solid next season. My next season preview is for the Washington Wizards. They recently made some uh, a very big move acquiring Russell Westbrook, who I've uh, obviously as their starting point guard. Definitely interested to see how Russell Westbrook fits with this team. I actually think this is a team that fits him perfectly. They have a ton of shooting on this roster, on uh, a ton of guys who can just get out of his way uh, and spot up for him. Uh, Davis Bertans is obviously one of the best shooters in the entire league, and then Thomas Bryant's a really good shooter at the five, so I think he's going to thrive in this roster. I think they're going to give him uh, just a ton of space. He's going to attack the basket, and then, a lot, and then people are going to have to be uh, forced to either uh, close in on him or he's going to be able to kick it to the shooters in the corner. I'm super excited to see how his uh, uh, dynamic with Bradley Beal is. And even though I'm not super high on Russell Westbrook, I'm probably lower on him than most people just because I think he's a pretty low IQ player who constantly in playoff situations makes 
uh, just stupid mistakes that hurt him uh, and his team very, very badly. But he is still super talented, crazy athleticism, uh, good playmaker, great rebounder. Uh, and he's going to be good, especially in the regular season. He's going to lead this team to wins. So that's just what Russell Westbrook does. And then you got Bradley Beal at the two, coming off a career season for him, was one of the highest-scoring uh, players in the entire league, averaged about 30 points on pretty good efficiency, especially considering the circumstances of talent he had around him. Uh, has been really bad on the defense side of the ball these past couple of years, but I think with a more competitive team with Russell Westbrook back, he'll be with Russell Westbrook here, uh, he'll be better on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, if he's better on that side of the ball, he's going to be one of the uh, better players in the entire league. I really like uh, Bradley Beal. I'm probably a little higher on him than a lot of people are. Uh, and I think he's going to have a great season next to Russell Westbrook next year. They got uh, Rui Hachimura at the three for me, who is a player who I like quite a lot, Is uh, was really good at in his rookie season. Is a player who I think is pretty underrated. Uh, doesn't do like anything crazy great, but he's a solid enough three-point shooter, pretty good mid-range shooter, uh, solid enough defender, not great on the side of the ball, but decent, uh, good rebounder, just kind of does everything you'd want out of a modern forward in this league, can play both forward positions. I think he fits much better as a forward, but they really just don't have like any wing depth at all, and then you've got to start Davis Bertens with the contract they gave him, so I'll have him starting at that three position. I like Rui Hachimura quite a lot. Uh, at the four, they got Tom. Uh, Davis Bertans, who is just a ridiculous shooter, uh, had an amazing season for them last season, definitely paid him a lot, but I think he's worth it at the end of the day. He is a guy who, at like 6'10", can shoot from deep as hell. He he isn't just a standstill open three-pointer uh, shooter. He legitimately takes difficult, off-the-dribble, super deep shots frequently and is amazing at them. He's going to continue to be one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and he's one of those guys who's going to absolutely love playing with Russell Westbrook. He's going to thrive playing with him, uh, and I think that's going to be really exciting to see Russell Westbrook kicking it out to Davis Bertans, and then Davis Bertans is going to be um, hitting so many shots. He is just a really good player, and I really like uh, Davis Bertans, especially on this current roster. Then you got Thomas Bryant at the five, who is a player that I am a big, big fan of. I've always been super big on uh, centers who can shoot the ball, and he can shoot the ball very, very well. I think he's super underrated. Uh, he showed some great signs in the bubble when it was uh, basically him alone. Uh, they had a really, really rough roster. Bradley Beal didn't go. Davis Bertans didn't go. Obviously, John Wall with her was hurt and with a bigger and more expanded role way more uh bigger role than he'll have this year he was very good was shooting shots off the dribble was shooting uh, shots from the mid-range from the three i think he's going to be a great uh uh, pick and roll partner with Russell Westbrook because he can uh, both roll to the basket and pop out for three. Uh, I think they're going to have a really good dynamic. Absolutely must improve on the defensive side of the ball, and that's definitely a big uh, issue for him at that center position where it's so valuable being a good defender uh, is his lack of defense, but I still think he's going to be a solid player, uh, and I think he's going to take a, a pretty big leap for uh, them this year. I think Russell Westbrook just fits so perfectly alongside him, and I really hope he... Uh, is allowed to shoot the ball a lot because I think that could uh, allow him to be a very solid center in this league. On the bench, they got Ish Smith at the backup point guard, who's consistently been one of the better backups in the league, is uh, really fast, good at getting to the basket, can shoot the ball well as well, great playmaker. Is one of those players that I just think 
literally any team could use. I love Ish Smith. I would love him on my team, to be totally honest, at that backup point guard position. Uh, I think any team could use him, and I think he's going to be a very solid backup to Russell Westbrook this year. They got Troy Brown Jr. also off the bench, who's a player that I'm uh, pretty I'm pretty uh, higher on him than most people uh, are, I'd say. I love his ability to be a point forward. He's a guy who at like 6'6", 6'7", uh, can handle the ball. Really good playmaker. I think we're going to see a lot of times where he is uh, going in, playing the point guard position, can shoot the ball a little bit as well, needs to become a better shooter. Good defender, and I just like Troy Brown Jr. a lot. I think he's in for a very solid season for them this year. They also got Isaac Bonga off the bench, who pro- definitely isn't going to play nearly as many minutes as he did last year, as he was starting a lot, but he is a really uh, big guy. He's like 6'8". He used to play point guard, now plays more of a small forward role. Isn't a great shooter, but is a solid enough defender, a decent playmaker. On the- This bench is pretty ugly, so he's going to have to play some pretty uh, decent minutes. Uh, and that just shows how bad their wing depth is. That's the thing that definitely scares me the most about their team. Uh, they also got Danny Avdia, who, though I don't think is going to be a super impactful player as a rookie, is a player who I think has a lot of potential and is going to be very, very good uh, for this Washington Wizards team at one point. I do think he's a bit more of a four, which is kind of weird, but I still like this pick a lot. I think uh, he's a player who can be a really nice playmaker for them, good defender. He's going to come in and be immediately one of the best defenders on this roster, which is terrifying. Uh, he just needs to improve that three-point shot because he has basically everything else. Uh, he has the entire package except for the ability to uh, shoot the three ball very well. Everything else he's very solid at. Good enough athlete, good playmaker, good defender. Just needs to improve that three-point shot very, very badly. Uh, you got Mo Wagner, who is a great shooter at the big men position. I have a lot of stretch bigs on this roster, and he's going to be another one of those players who I think Russell Westbrook is going to like quite a lot. Uh, and he was pretty solid for them uh, last year, and it's just going to continue to be a stretch big that comes off the bench and just does that. Uh, and then you got Robin Lopez at the backup five, who is pretty solid uh, as a backup five. Uh, just does all, all the traditional big men things that you like, rolls to the basket well, and though it doesn't show up on the stats, uh, it isn't super flashy. It's always important, especially at the backup big, to just have a solid guy like that. And then they got a second-round rookie in Cassius Winston, uh, who I like quite a lot for them. I, I actually think I had him mocked exactly where they picked him. Uh, and he's just a really solid uh, backup point guard. I, I think he'll... Uh, be a nice player for them. Is a four-year player, so it doesn't have a ton of potential, and is definitely very undersized. Is about six foot, and is going to probably be picked on on the defense side of the ball. But is a great shooter, great playmaker, and is someone who I just think people love to be around. I think he's a really good character guy, and I think he's going to be super nice in the locker room, even if he's not getting big minutes uh, yet. At least I think uh, it's a nice pickup for them. My team MVP for them is Bradley Beal. I just think he's the best player on this roster. I think he's in for another great season. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. Uh, Him and Russell Westbrook are going to be a crazy backcourt with how much they score. My team defensive player of the year for them, I just put yikes because yikes. This this team on the defense side of the ball, oh my god, this... This team terrifies me. Like, Rui Achimor is the best defender in the starting lineup, and he's not even that good of a defender. Uh, Russell Westbrook's a below-average defender. Bradley Beal's a below-average defender. Rui Achimor's about average. Davis Bertans below average. Thomas Bryant below average. 
Shroy Brown Jr. is a solid defender off the bench. Isaac Bong is a solid defender, like Denny Avdia. But they're expecting a lot of younger guys who probably aren't even going to play that big of minutes to be the best defensive players on this roster. So that, that terrifies me about this team. Um, my team most improved player is Thomas Bryan. I think he's going to thrive off Russell Westbrook. I think he's going to shoot the three ball very well. I think he's going to pop out for mid ranges, and then he's going to finish out the basket. And then I really hope he improves on the defensive side of the ball as well. My biggest storylines around the season will how the how will the dynamic of the Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal backcourt be? Uh, how good would the chemistry between those two guys be? Will they get frustrated with each other because they're both guys who are high usage guys who uh, like the ball in their hands? Even though Bradley Beal's proven he can be an off ball player, especially how he's played these past couple seasons, I don't know if he's gonna want to be like the main guy and there could be some conflict there but i'm not expecting there to be i think it's going to be a good dynamic it's just going to be a trust and see and then it's how much will the defense hold them back this defense is going to be absolutely atrocious and is that is that going to be a really big problem for them or is the offense going to be so good that it doesn't really matter that much my expectations for them is to be an elite offense uh one of the best in the entire league a terrible defense uh, and they're going to be a top six to eight seed in the Eastern Conference for me. Uh, I think they're in a lower tier below teams like the Bucks, the Heat, uh, the Celtics, the Nets, uh, the 76ers. But they're in that same tier with guys like the Atlanta Hawks, the Indiana Pacers, the Toronto Raptors. They're just a very solid team and probably a top six to eight seed in the Eastern Conference. My last season preview of the episode is for the Atlanta Hawks. My starting lineup for them is Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. I think Trey Young is in for another great rookie season. Uh, great rookie season. Great uh, uh, third season. He was really good last year. He put up some incredible numbers. Put up about almost 30 points and 10 assists. I definitely think those numbers are going to be down. And some people uh, who don't really pay attention that much are going to be uh, freaked out by that. But I think that's a good thing, honestly. I think his efficiency is going to go up a lot, uh, especially with way more playmaking around him, way more guys who can handle the ball. Uh, and I think he's going to be excellent next year. Uh, obviously, the defense is a big issue. And that's something that's always going to hold him back in his career. He's just so undersized. And then he's asked to do so much on the offense side of the ball that you really can't expect him to be a good uh, defender anyway. So, yeah, that's going to be a big issue. But Trey Young is still an excellent play uh, player, amazing playmaker, one of the best in the entire league, great ball handler. He's going to thrive with having so many guys who are good in the pick and roll, like John Collins, Clint Capella, and Yeko Kong, who are all going to uh, love playing next to Trey Young. Uh, and yeah, he's going to be great next season. You got Bogdan Bogdanovich at the two, which I think was an amazing pickup for them. A guy who is just super versatile, can do a bunch of different things, can play uh, the two, the three, can even play a bit of one, is a very solid playmaker, sh shoots the three ball gray, is uh, one of the better shooters uh, on this roster, good defender as well, just does uh, a little bit of everything. And I think he was a great pickup for them. I think he's going to be great alongside Trey Young. We'll give him a little bit more uh, off ball opportunities uh, and I think they're both going to just thrive off each other they're both going to get open shots and I absolutely love that uh, pickup for them got DeAndre Hunter at the three he's going to be asked to be a good a very good defender as the defense on this roster is a bit shaky and I think he's going to step up and do that he had a uh, interesting rookie season I expected him to be a little bit better because obviously he was a rookie but he was one of the older rookies so I expected him to just be a little bit more consistent uh, but 
he had some really nice moments, and I just think he fits that prototypical 3 and D wing so perfectly in this league, uh, and he, especially with the roster they have constructed. Uh, I think he's just going to be really good for them next season. They got John Collins at the four, who's coming off an excellent season, was about a 20 and 10 guy, shot the three ball very well. Would like to see him continue to uh, shoot a, a bigger volume of threes, but uh, he was a very good shooter last year, and then he thrives around the basket, is an amazing finisher, one of the better finishers in the league, uh, really good at rolling to the rim, great lob threat, is continuing to improve on the defense side of the ball, and uh, even though he isn't a great defender yet, he's solid enough, and so if he continues to improve on that side of the ball, I think he can be a really good player, uh, and he can be worth that max contract that they're asking for. I like John Collins quite a lot. His fit on the roster is definitely interesting, uh, but I do like him. And then they got Clint Capella at the five, who hasn't played a single game for the, them yet, but I think he's going to be a perfect fit in this roster. He's going to be excellent in the pick and roll with Trey Young. He's going to bring that defense that they need desperately, uh, and it just is a prototypical perfect player next to Trey Young. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to be on this roster due to the Onyeka Kongwu pick, who I think is an excellent player. I love Onyeka Kongwu, uh, but... For now, at least, he'll be a very solid player on this roster and be a perfect fit alongside Trey Young. On the bench, they got Rajon Rondo at the backup point guard position, who I don't think is going to play uh, like too big of minutes in the regular season because he's just not a regular season player at this point. With the age he is, with the point he is in his career, he's just not going to be expected to be a big uh, minute player in the regular season, but he's going to bring some excellent veteran veteran leadership to this team, which I think is going to be really valuable. And if uh, if they do make the playoffs, he's going to play some important minutes and be very solid. He's going to uh, be a good enough defender. He's going to be a great playmaker, and I think he's just going to teach uh, a lot of the young guys some very valuable lessons. And that's why I like that pickup a lot. You also got Chris Dunn, who's going to be uh, an amazing defender for them off the bench. I really like uh, that dynamic where he can. Uh, be a total change of pace from Trey Young, or you can play alongside Trey Young uh, and help him a lot on the defense side of the ball. But he's one of the best uh, guard defenders in the entire league. Like, he's amazing on the defense side of the ball. He's uh, basically a zero on the offensive side of the ball and uh, definitely needs to work on that, needs to become a better shooter, uh, needs to get better at a lot of things on the offensive side of the ball. But he's so good on defense that he deserves to get some minutes, and I think that was a really good pickup for them. They also got Kevin Herter, who's a player who I like quite a lot. Uh, he's an excellent shooter, one of the better ones in the league already. Needs to improve uh, as a defender for sure, uh, especially if he wants to stay on this roster long term. But I think with a different team where he gets some more opportunity, because they just have so many players at the guard and wing position that I don't know how much opportunity he's going to get. I think he can be very solid with some team because uh, he can create his own shot a little bit, can finish out the basket, is pretty athletic, and uh, is an amazing shooter, which is always going to be uh, something that keeps him in the league for a long, long time. You also got Cam Reddish off the bench at the wing position. Definitely a player who I could see taking the starting spot from DeAndre Hunter. I think it all depends on uh, how they're playing it. Uh, in the season, but Cam Reddish is a player who I have super mixed feelings on. Uh, I think he has a ton of potential. I think he has like Paul George type potential, but I also think he uh, could just not be anything in this league. Like he showed some really exciting signs at the end of the year, but I don't know if I should believe in that, or I don't know if that is just traditional, uh, 
like activity from younger players where it's the end of the season teams aren't playing as hard your team isn't good and you put up some really good numbers when you guys are just kind of tanking that has happened to a lot of players in the league it's up uh the main example is like josh jackson uh he's for multiple years he's put up big numbers at the end of the season when it really didn't matter so i'm really interested to see if that end of the season stretch from cam reddish was real uh but what I do know is he's going to be a good defender no matter what. He came in and was already a near elite wing defender, uh, so he just needs to improve uh, his consistency on the offense side of the ball. He needs to stay confident because that's something I always worry about uh, him is his confidence, but still a really good uh, uh, prospect for him for them, and I think he uh, could uh, make a big impact off the bench for them. They also got Tony Snow, which I think was a pretty underrated pickup. He is never a player who's going to like impress you that much by any means, but he's just a really solid 3 and D wing. Shot the ball, three ball very well for the Detroit Pistons, and he's just going to come off the bench and do that for them. Uh, definitely a good pickup. They got Danilo Gallinari also off the bench, which was a very solid pickup. Definitely a lot to pay six men, but uh, it is a good pickup at the end of the day because he is a super talented offensive player, one of the better ones in the entire league. Uh, and then it doesn't really bring much on the defense side of the ball, which is something that's going to hurt uh, a little bit. But he's so good on the offensive side of the ball. Great shooter. Uh, can create his own shot a little bit. Can shoot in the mid-range. Good in the post. He just does everything you'd want on the offensive side of the ball. They also got Onyeko Kongwu to be that backup five. Uh, I do hope he's healthy. That's something that was a bit of a worry as he came in. Uh, with an injury, and I don't know how much he's going to be involved in training camp, but Onyeka Kongwu was my favorite prospect in the 2020 NBA draft. I had him, uh, I think, second or third on my, I th I'm pretty sure I had him second on my big board. I just think he's an excellent player. I His de his defense was straight up phenomenal last, uh, his season at, uh, in college. He was just so, so great on the defense side of the ball. Amazing shot blocker. Can even step out and guard the perimeter a little bit. Great in the pick and roll. Just does everything you want on the defense side of the ball. Is big. Also could finish at the basket. Can catch lobs. Work in the pick and roll. Work in the post occasionally. Would like to see him improve his handle and improve his uh, shot. And uh, that's what he would really need to become like the Bam Adebayo uh, comparison. Uh, but Onyeko Kong was a player who I like a ton. I could see him taking that uh, starting center spot away from Clint Capella pretty early. I just think he's really, really good. They also got a second-round rookie in Skylar Mays, who is a pretty uh, old prospect, and I don't expect him to really get much minutes in his first year. But he's just a player who knows himself very well. Great shooter, uh, can handle it a little bit as well, can uh, play some decent defense, can rebound. Uh, just is limited athletically and is limited due to his age, but is a solid player. My team MVP for them is Trey Young. I expect him to have a great season where he averages probably, I'd say maybe like 27 and 10, um, ex and expect the efficiency to go up quite a lot. Hopefully around like a 38% three-point shooter, get a lot more catch-and-shoot attempts, uh, play more off the ball, because I think that's where he can truly be unlocked. Uh, my team defensive player of the year for them is Clint Capella. I think he's going to be asked to do a lot on the defense side of the ball, and he's going to uh, excel in that. He's going to be a great shot blocker for them, great uh, on the defensive boards, and just uh, do everything that they want from him, work uh, well in the pick and roll on defense. Uh, he just does all the traditional things that you'd want a center to do on the defense side of the ball. 
My team most improved player for them is DeAndre Hunter. Had a, a bit of a weird rookie season, but I think he's just going to uh, be very good next season. They have so many playmakers on this roster that will be able to set him up for open catch-and-shoot threes. Uh, and I think he's going to excel at that being that 3-and-D wing uh, that he has been throughout his entire career. My biggest storylines around the season for them is who is the odd man out? Uh, because they have so many pieces on this roster that someone has to be the odd man out. Like, there's no other way around it. I know Atlanta Hawks fans are probably attached to a lot of these players, and reasonably so, but someone has to be the odd man out, whether it's DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, uh, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter. Like, someone is just not going to be on this roster anymore. Clint Capella, even, because of the Anyaka Kongu pick. Someone has to be traded from this roster. Because my next one is, how much depth is too much depth? Like, we saw this with the Boston Celtics in the 2019 season. I think the Celt- uh, the Atlanta Hawks could have a very similar issue where they have so many guys who deserve minutes and have egos, have are, are wanting to prove stuff, guys that will be up for contracts soon, so like, like a John Collins. Uh, and it's definitely going to be really interesting to see if they can manage all these egos. I don't know how good Lloyd Pierce is as a coach, so that's something that also worries me a lot. And it'll be really, really interesting to see how much depth is too much depth. And then how much will the young players improve? Will a guy like Kevin Herter improve on the defense side of the ball and be a solidified piece going forward? Will Cam Reddish uh, be the player we saw at the end of the season or at the beginning of the season? And will DeAndre Hunter uh, be what we saw in certain flashes last year where he was scoring the ball well, where he was hitting his threes and then being a really good wing defender? Definitely interesting to see. And then my expectations for them is to be a top six to eight seed in the East and then test who will be going on the team uh, going forward. Will uh, Onyeka Kong will be traded because he's maybe he's disappointing and they feel like they're good enough with Clint Capella or will Clint Capella be traded because Onyeka Kong is really good in his rookie season. Uh, There's so many interesting things uh, going forward with the Atlanta Hawks. They're in a super interesting position and they're one of the teams I'm most excited to watch in this upcoming season. That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. It's been Michael. Peace out.